Hello, and welcome to Monster Dear Monster, a podcast about monsters in all media. Uh, today, uh, the show's being hosted by me, Leonard, your friendly uh, co host, and my less friendly co host, oh, Dave. <laughs> Uh, okay. <laughs> is also here too. I, you know what? I, 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 I hit a wall in the middle of that sentence and I just had to throw you under the bus, Dave. That's, um, fi- that's no, fine. That's fine. I'll, Dave's okay. Fine. I'll be grumpy the whole time. <laughs> I, I should stop throwing Dave under the bus because he, he, he's been lifting a lot recently and he will come to California and beat me up. I'm sure of it. Dave, how are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm doing fine. <laughs> uh, so, Dave, what do we do on this show? <laughs> We're rolling back to that. Okay. Um, well, we discuss monsters in popular culture and also various and sundry yokai per week from a list. <laughs> and today we will be returning to uh, a personal favorite of uh, Dave and myself, uh, Melvina's Therapy, um, uh, a really fantastic webcomic, which if you uh, listen to our show frequently, uh, you should be well aware of and possibly following along. But before we get to that, we have to do our, uh, our our customary ritual to appease the oldest house uh, by <laughs> uh, by uh, examining a yokai of the week. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> uh, this is a mess. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. We'll, we'll fix it. We'll fix it all in post. Everything can be fixed in post, meaning that this will all be on, and you will, and you listeners will hear all of it. Yeah, this is why you just hear all of it. It's not. <laughs> I can't be bothered. Uh, uh, so. Uh, I believe we are on the letter B because we have once again uh, completed the grand cycle and uh, returned to the beginning. Uh, Yokai of the Week is a lot like a Dark Souls game. We always uh, end where we begin. And so, uh, Dave, as is the custom, uh, will you please roll them? Number two. Ah, the Bakken Neko. Bakken Neko, a shape-shifting cat. So a cat? It's it's a cat that shape-shifts. So a cat? So a cat. Have you you seen seen box cats? (laughs) Have you seen box cats? Uh, I don't think so. It's literally just a series of pictures of cats fitting themselves in tiny... Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) The cat is water. Um, okay, well, I'll kick this off, I guess. The Bakeniko right. is a type of Japanese yokai or supernatural creature. Yeah. Uh, according to its name, it is a cat that has changed into a yokai. It is often confused with the Nekomata, another cat-like yokai, and the distinction between the two can, be, can often be quite ambiguous. But the largest difference is that the Nekomata has two tails, while the Bakeniko only has one. There are legends of Bakeniko in various parts of Japan, 
But the tale of Nabishima Bakedeko disturbance in Saga Prefecture is especially famous. Bakeneko Disturbance sounds like a really fantastic album and also movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if you want to tackle the origin section, I will take care of folk legends. Okay. <clears throat> the reason that cats are seen as yokai in, Japan, uh, in Japanese mythology is attributed to many of the characteristics they possess. See? See? Okay. Uh, for example, the way the irises of their eyes change shape depending on the time of day. The way their fur seems to cause sparks due to static electricity when they are petted, especially in winter. Uh, the way they sometimes lick blood. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes lick blood. <laughs> well, at least that sometimes is there, because otherwise it just says the way they lick blood. Yep. Uh, the, way, the way they can walk without making a sound. Uh, their wild nature that remains despite the gentleness that they can show at times, the way they are difficult to control, unlike dogs, uh, the sharpness of their claws and teeth, uh, their nocturnal habits, and the speed, their speed and agility. Or just because they're cats. Yep. <laughs> literally, literally a paragraph <laughs> to say they, they thought that cats were yokai because they're cats. Yeah. Uh, there are many yokai <laughs> animals other than cats in old tales that have similar attributes. Uh, the deep tenacity of snakes, the ability of foxes to shapeshift into women, uh, <laughs> the brutality of the tanuki. In eating humans, de- <laughs> what? Wait, this is this is new information. Okay, uh, the, the brutality of t- uh, Tanaki uh, uh, in eating humans, depicted in the uh, Kachi Kachi Yama folktale from the Edo period. Excuse me. <clears throat> Cats, in particular, however have acquired a great number of tales and superstitions surrounding them due to the unique position they occupied between nature and civilization. As cities and towns were established and humans began living farther apart from nature, cats came with them. Since cats live close to humans yet retain their wild essence and air of mystery, stories grew up around them and gradually the image of the Bakaneko was formed. One folk belief one one folk belief concerning the Bakaneko is that they would lick the oil of oriental lamps. And in the Edo period encyclopedia, uh, the Wakan uh, Sanshi Zu, it is said that for a cat to lick its this oil is an <laughs> omen of some a strange event about to occur. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm really in love with this article already. Uh, people in early modern, uh, modern in early modern period, I did let that let that sink in. Use cheap oils from fish, like sardine oil, in lamps, and that could explain why cats would want to lick them. 
Uh, also, the diet of Japanese people at the time was based mainly on grains and, ve- uh, and vegetables, and the leftovers would be fed to the cats. However, since cats are carnivores, such a diet would have been lacking in protein and fat. Therefore, they would have been even more attracted to the oil in the lambs. Furthermore, the sign of a cat standing up on it, the sorry, the sight of a cat standing up on its hind legs to reach the lamp <laughs> with its face lit up and its uh, and eyes round with anticipation could have seemed eerie and unnatural, like a yokai. The mysterious air that cats possess was associated with the image of prostitutes who worked in the Edo period red light districts. This uh, this was the origin of a popular character uh, character <laughs> in the uh, uh, ku, ooh, ku- Kus- Thank you. Among other publications, uh, the Makineko Yoji Yojo. <laughs> oh, that was pretty fantastic, Dave. You want to cover the folk legends? Sure. And all all these paragraphs, I'm not pair. These segments are huge. Um, <clears throat> folk legends, as with the Nekomata, another cat-like yokai, which is said to derive from a cat whose tail split in two when it grew older. And, and there's the cat. Um, there are folk beliefs across Japan about how aged cats would turn into bakaneko. There are tales of cats raised for 12 years in Ibaraki Prefecture and Nagano Prefecture and for 13 years in Kunigami District. Okay, that became bakaneko. So as they became 12 or 13 years old, they they transformed into bakaneko. Uh, in Yamagata District, Hiroshima Prefecture, it is said that a cat raised for seven years or longer would kill the one that raised it. Uh... Okay, there are also many regions where they where where when people began raising a cat, they would decide in advance for how many years they would raise it because of this superstition. Also, depending on the area, there are stories in which cats that were killed by humans in a brutal manner would become bakaneko and curse that human. The stories of bakaneko are not only about aged cats, but are also sometimes stories of revenge against cruel humans. The abilities attributed to the bakaneko are various, but include shape-shifting into humans, wearing a towel or napkin on the head and dancing, think about Mm -hmm. that for a second, Um, (laughs) speaking human words, cursing humans, manipulating dead people. That's that's an escalation. I'm sorry, that's... That's a a big escalation that they just kind of gloss over. Dancing or manipulating dead people, um, possessing humans, and lurking in the mountains, and taking wolves along with them to attack travelers. Very specific. Um, as an unusual example, on Aji, okay, um, on Aji Island, there is a story of a cat that shapeshifted into a human and wanted to engage in sumo. However, concerning the legend that cats could... Sp- oh. Why does it just stop? I, I want to hear about the story. <laughs> yeah, I know. I um, wanted to hear about it too. However, concerning the legend that cats could speak, it has been pointed out that it may have arisen because humans would misinterpret the cat's meowing as human language. And for this reason, some would say that the cat is not a type of yokai. In 1992, in the Yomiuri newspaper, there was an article that argued that when people thought they heard a cat speak, 
Upon listening a second time, they realized it was simply the cat's meowing, and it had only coincidence it it, it was only coincidence that it resembled a word in the human language. <laughs> Boring. Uh, in the Edo period, there was a folk belief that cats with long tails like snakes could bewitch people. Cats with long tails were disliked, and there was a custom of cutting their tails. It is speculated that this is the reason why that there are so many cats in Japan with short tails nowadays. Because natural selection has favored those with short tails. Mm. Folk beliefs that cats can cause strange phenomena are not limited to Japan. Uh, For example, in Jinhua Shijang in China, it is said that a cat, after having been raised for three years by humans, would then start bewitching them. Because it is said that cats with white tails are especially good at this, there are there arose the custom of refraining from raising white cats. Since it, is, since it is said that their ability to bewitch humans comes from taking in the spiritual energy of the moon, it is said that when a cat looks up at the moon, whether its tail has been cut or not, it should be killed on the spot. That's a mainstream. Yeah. Yeah, no one hey, you know what? With 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 a system of belief like that, no one cats are enlisting wild wolves and yeah. practicing necromancy. <laughs> yes, the puppeters of the dead. Um, <laughs> yeah, this goes on for a while. Well, there, here it is. Here it is. The Nabishima Bakineko disturbance. Um, <laughs> do, do you want me I to read this that. one? <laughs> or do I you want to give that. it a go? I love that title so much. I will. I will give that a go, Dave. <clears throat> Enjoy. <laughs> there is a legend that takes place in the time of Nabashima, uh, Mitsu, Mitsu, Shuji? No, not, there's no G. Shaiji? Mitsushige. There we go. Mitsushige. Uh, the second uh, daimo of the saga domain. Oh, man. Saga you can probably, <laughs> yeah, you could probably skip the place names. Okay. It might help. Okay, uh, concerning uh, the Bakaneko, uh, uh, man, I just lost it. Uh, Mitsuje's uh, retainer, Raijo, or Raijoji, uh, served as the Dynamo's opponent in a game of Go. Uh, Raijo displeased, displeased, <laughs> uh, displeased. Uh, the daimo and was put to the sword uh his mother while telling of the sorrow uh, in her heart to the cat that she raised committed suicide the cat licked the mother's blood and became a bakaneko it would go into the castle and torment the daimo every night uh the daimo's loyal retainer uh komori uh Finally killed it and saved his family. <laughs> oh, that was significantly less interesting than I was hoping for. Uh, uh, do you want to take? There are a lot of names. Do you yeah, want to take? That, 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 <laughs> yes. Historically, the Ryuzoji clan was older than the Nabishima clan, and he said after Ryuzoji. Takanobu's death, his assistant Nabashima Naoshige held the real power. And after the sudden death of there's a lot of names here. Um, uh, Takanobu's grandchild Takafusa, his father Masai, also committed suicide. Afterwards, since the probably read this in advance for a summary. Afterwards, since the remnants of the Ryozoji clan created disturbances in the public in in the public order near the Saga Castle. 
now Shige, in order to pacify the spirits of the Ryuzuji, built Tenyuji, a temple. Um, he built a temple. This has been considered the origin of the disturbance, and it is thought that, that the Bakoneko was the expression of Ryuzoji's grudge in the form of a cat. Also, the inheritance of power from the Ryuzoji clan to the Nabashima clan is not an issue because of uh, Takanobu's death and Nabishima Katsushige's son's sudden death. Some point out that this ghost story arose from a drug adaptation of the series. Sorry, that was boring. Um, <laughs> I think they're just talking about the play. They're, they made a play of the events of the um, murder of the retainer from the by the daimyo. Um, after that, the tale was widely circulated in society um, as the Saga no uh, Yozakura and the historical record book Saga Kyobuden, Kai Byoden, um, in the oral storytelling version, uh, because Ryuzoji's widow told her sorrow to the cat, it became a bakoneko and killed an ape, Komori Hanzaimon's mother and wife. It then, the bakoneko then shapeshifted and appeared in their forms oh, okay so it it took the forms of both the um um Hansaimon's mother and his wife and cast a curse upon the family in the historical record book this was completely unrelated to the Yozoji event <laughs> however uh, a foreign type of cat which had been abused by Nabashima's feudal lord Komori Handayu sought revenge and killed and ate the late lord's favorite concubine shapeshifted into her form and caused harm to the family. It was Ito Soda who exterminated it. So I guess when there are um, events of political turmoil or people do something out of character, um, they're being attributed to something having taken their shape. Aha. Um, whether that is a Makaneko or a Kitsune or some other yokai. Um... That's all on the side, by the way. Uh, in the beginning of the Showa period, there are kaidan films such as Saga Kai Byoden and Saga, oh no, Kaidan Saga Yashiki that became quite popular. <clears throat> so specific actors, um, Takako Irie um, and Sumiko Suzuki played parts of the Bakaneko, became known as Bakaneko actresses, um, being typecast. Uh I'll read a little bit of this next selection. We can skip the landmark part. I don't think it's important. All right. Um, cats as yokai in literature date back to the Kamakura period in the collection of Setsuwa, um, so more oral stories um, uh, from this period. There can be seen statements pointing out that cats do strange and suspicious things, noting that these are perhaps ones that have turned into demons. Old stories about Bakineko from that time period are often associated with temples. Mm, but it is thought that the reason for this is that when um, Buddhism came to Japan, in order to protect the sutras from being chewed on by rats, cats were brought in to, um, to chase them from the temple. It's just the rest of it's basically just talking about um, other collections of Bakineko in in other stories, nothing specific. Mm -hmm. uh, however, there is a tale passed down about a person in Karakawa um, who was a Bakaneko. The same kind of tale was also found in Taniguchi, um, where it is said that Kun, Kungo Joji, um, it's a, a temple, uh, a Bakaneko would trouble a villager, 
Bakaneku, no, Bakaneku who troubled a villager was killed by someone from the temple. This Bakaneku was protected from arrows and bullets by a Chakama's lid and an iron pot. These, like the legend of Susanoo's extermination of Yamato no Orochi, have a commonality in that the old, in that the local old families of the area played a role. Um, basically, they're using the uh, feet. I guess of defeating um, a legendary monster to increase the fame of their local status. Aha! Because everything's it's all everything's hierarch- a monster. I, I, it's all well, everything's a monster, <laughs> but it's all hierarchical in the society. So, right, your 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 landed families um, have to have some kind of notable tale which extols their bravery and um, their other virtues. Um. Here we go. In 1909, articles about cats that broke into dance in tenement houses in the Honjo neighborhood of Tokyo were published in newspapers, such as the Sports Honchi, the Yorozu Choho, and the Yamato Shimbun. Um, dance parties for cats. Yep. Oh, and then the popular good luck totem, the uh, Manakineko. This is the beckoning cat that you see in shops at its arm. Yes. goes up and down, um, is a type of bakineko. Uh, cats that were caught drinking lamp oil were also considered cases. Um, cats may have regularly drunk lamp oil because it was derived from fish oil, a little bit more specific. So it has the, the f- fatty oils from fish. The stealing of household objects is const- commonly associated with many Japanese ghosts, and thus the disappearance of lamp oil when a cat was present helped to associate the cat with the supernatural. Or it was just hungry. Um, with all of that, we'll see what our entry in the Night Parade of 100 Demons has to say. Bakuneko. Translation. Monster cat. Ghost cat. (laughs) Habitats. Towns and cities. Diet. Carnivorous. Fish, birds, small animals, and occasionally humans. Mm -hmm. Appearance. Cats. Feral and domestic are all over Japan. They are in houses as pets, on farms as exterminators, or in cities and towns as strays. Like many of Japan's animals, when cats live to an old age, they develop supernatural powers and transform into yokai. Bakuneko begin their supernatural life looking almost identical to an ordinary house cat. Excuse me. Soon, they begin to walk about on their hind legs. As they age and their powers increase, they can grow large indeed up to the full size of, up to the size of a full-grown human. Uh, behavior. Bakuneko possess great shape-shifting abilities and disguise themselves as smaller cats or humans, sometimes even the taking the shape of their own masters. Many learn to speak the human languages. While in disguise, they are known to dress up as humans with towels wrapped around their heads. I guess to hide their ears. In this form, Bakaneko dance around merrily. While this sounds frivolous and even cute, Bakaneko are a menace to any house they live in or are or near. Uh, they can eat things that are much bigger than they are, and they can even consume poisonous things without difficulty. It is possible for a Bakaneko to eat its own master and then assume his form, living in his place. If they do not directly kill their owners, they can bring down great curses and misfortune. They can summon ghostly fireballs, there you go, (laughs) and are known to accidentally start house fires. They are tails, acting like torches, igniting any flammable materials in the house. Bakaneko also have the disturbing ability to reanimate fresh corpses and use them like puppets for their own nefarious purposes. Origin. 
Market Echo can come into being as a result of a number of things, but the most common reason are by being long-lived, over 13 years old, growing to a certain size, over 3.75 kilograms, or by licking up large quantities of lamp oil, a telltale sign that a cat may be close to becoming a Makaneko is believed to be an exceptionally long tail. The older and wiser a cat gets, the longer its tail becomes. This superstition led to the custom of bobbing cats' tails at an early age to prevent them from transforming into yokai. And the little picture in the book shows some cats standing on a torii gate and dancing in the moonlight. <laughs> As they do. That is the Bakaneko. That's, uh, so, the Bakaneko monster cat, ghost cat, spirit cat, is just a cat. It's just a just, cat, yeah. Just a cat. <laughs> um, a cat that likes oil. Yep, because it's diet, because of dietary restrictions. Yeah, it just, it just needs that sweet, fatty oil. Um, I will, uh, I would like to point listeners to, uh, uh, uh something, uh, thematically similar and adjacent, uh, you should do a YouTube search for a short film known as The Cat with Han. Um, Did, uh, didn't we, we, I think we brought this one up before. Did, have we, have we brought, we, I, I mean, because it may have been we, off, it may have been off Mike. I don't. I remember specifically you mentioning this, and I had to watch it. It was spooky. <laughs> um, yes, oh, if well, I have new, new listeners, before, yes, <laughs> we're bringing it back. Yes, you should check out the uh, the the cat with hands. It is a uh, lovely, um, deeply unpleasant companion piece to the you know, to this somewhat fun yokai of the week, and and that's been yokai. Of the week. Bum, 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 bum. All right, everyone. We are back to Melvina's therapy with. We are almost back to Melvina's. There's a little bit of news. Um, oh, news. This week on the Shutter channel, um, which can be subscribed through through either Shutter, I think it's Shutter.com or through um, Amazon as a, a channel, uh, they, the premiere of Creepshow, the TV. Oh yeah, that's anthology right. just came out, and they also um, put out uh, an excellent zombie film, One Cut of the Dead. Okay, so just just FYI, those are both good things that you may or may not enjoy to some greater or lesser extent. Particularly <laughs> Creepshow. Yeah, I think it's just I think it's just a few episodes right now. I don't I don't know if it's a full season. I haven't I haven't unfortunately had the chance to watch it yet, but I did see One Cut of the Dead, which is great. All right. Check that out on Shudder, uh, which we are not sponsored by. <laughs> we are not sponsored by Shudder. We just, it has good stuff. Good horror movies. Um, Bands, yes. Yes. Melvina's Therapy. What what issue? Say issue? Uh, uh, what, yeah, what do we, what do you chapter, call these things? Chapter. Chapter. Uh, and this would be uh, Chapter 9, Antique. Uh, Dave, why don't you start us off on... On on this one, this one uh, I should mention. This uh, is actually a relatively short chapter, um, uh, uh, and the reason for that will become clear. Or uh, 
I'll just actually just say it. Um, we are actually um, heading towards the end of Melvina's therapy. There are only a few chapters left. And this is the uh, last chapter before we wrap up, start wrapping up the main storyline. Yeah, so we, we may condense some stuff for the next episode and we'll we'll see how it goes. Um, this one in particular, I guess as a synopsis, um, two children have gone to a sort of like a, a hospice, a care home um, to visit their grandmother. Yes. Um, and as is the norm, um, things are not normal at, at <laughs> the nope. care home. And they find their um, elderly grandmother in in a bad way. Yep. Uh, and it turns into like a cup. I think there's this, there's very specific influences that uh, this installment had. Um, mm-hmm. And if, if they're not direct ones, they're ones that you can kind of para- put in parallel a little bit. Um, maybe a little bit of uh, children under the stairs. Yeah, oh yeah, the people under the stairs. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So there's people under the stairs. It's been a while. Um, and then, well, we have an obvious inspiration. It's not really it's sort of a referential image. Is um, our our two our two protagonists? This is Tyler and Olive. Um, yes. Are the the two kids? Um, this is set clearly in 1986. There's a calendar with a date on it. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the frames. And um, fittingly enough, um, uh, the the young young Tyler has a homage uh, Teddy Ruxpin doll named Rupin. Yes, um, which is it's drawn like almost exactly. Yeah, yes, <laughs> it's like a one to one tribute um, down to the happy singing voice and not so happy battery rundown voice also not so happy eyes the eyes are and not so uh, the eyes are unblinking windows to yeah. your soul yeah their parents uh tyler's mom parents decide to get the uh legally distinct teddy ruxpin because it was significantly cheaper however there was a man clearly a manufacturing defect uh and <laughs> it did not have there. eyelids <laughs> yep and just doesn't have eyelids that's why it's fifty percent less. It's there's there's uh, that's the that's the nightmare discount for the the Teddy Rupin. Yes, the Rupin doll. Um, <laughs> um, it then, should be noted uh, oh, uh, that Tyler is like what four, like five. Uh, yeah, he's little. Uh, like he's a he's a child child, and Olive mm-hmm. is in probably like. Early, like like sixteen. I, I don't think she, or, I don't think she's 14? that old. Fourteen. Yeah. Okay. Be, be, because of how she's behaving in relation to her grandmother, true. I would put her at like thirteen or fourteen years old. All right. She's she's also not very much larger than her brother. Right. Her but feet. She's is, she's clearly she's clearly older. Yes. Her feet can touch the floor of the the tray. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, so they're on the way to visit their grandmother, who they they know has um, is developing um, the dementia. So, yes. Olive's in, 
we're just cut to the chase. Olive's particular fear is that her grandmother will forget her first. Yes. And then that kind of comes to pass because um, their grandmother recognizes and acknowledges Tyler and then <laughs> she's completely dismissing Olive. Yeah. Um, uh, upon their uh, meeting and uh, their grandmother is very, means she's very important in the lives of these two children. Um, in particular, for Olive, she's wearing a scarf that her grandmother had um, embroidered for her, or uh, had knitted, hand knit, um, yeah, hand knitted for her, and then it has her name on it. Yes. Um, and she's also so yeah, she may be a little, maybe she's like fourteen or fifteen. Mm-hmm. I think because of her clothing, she's wearing a um a very stylish. Uh, um, denim jacket. Yes, with uh, that kind of punky Brewster vibe. Yeah, yeah. Um, peace signs on it, and um, I think it's like love is genderless or something. It's a, uh, it's a, love something. doesn't know gender. Yeah, that's what it is. It's better than love is genderless. Um, also, it may have just been me, but mm-hmm. I uh, Tyler's little. He's in a. It's not a jumpsuit. It's the uh, overalls. Yes. Little, little jean overalls. And he has a Christmas themed sweater on. But the way it's drawn, all I could think of was a- Andy from Child's Play. Yeah. Yeah. Or or yeah. the My Buddy. Doll. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I guess yeah, the, that the, I think the association is because those are in time continuity with the um, Teddy Ruxpin. Roughly. Right. Uh, yeah, Teddy exactly. Ruxpin came out in 1985, and then um, Child's Play wasn't until 88. But it's <laughs> yep. it's similar, um, and it just kind of speaks to his his innocence. He's not. Yes. Uh, he's not. He's acting age appropriate. I guess would be. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel he's written. He's written as a child, right? Like yeah. correctly. And sometimes you get like precocious children. He doesn't. He definitely doesn't. Um, see dead people no um so uh they are taking a train (laughs) unsupervised (laughs) to see their grandmother it's it's just like um the visit yep um and you know what i need to go back i'm probably wrong um but uh they have to travel through the uh get off the train travel through the woods as you do when everything is completely okay and nothing bad's ever going to happen um to a uh a, a multi what is it a three story rather large three story country manor yeah. and i do have to go back and just check because i'm unsure if this is the same building from issue 1 the 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 um hair uh hair's ears where that i don't know because that that is set the time frame is different right but i i I was just wondering because it is a building and we've also established that melvin is kind of like an awful eldritch monster that yeah you have to look at the carpet maybe yeah there's a couple wood panelings, carpets. I mean, there's wooden floors, and then there's um, uh, diamond kind of shaped carpets. Um, 
it is entirely possible that it is simply my mind trying to string threads together that aren't there but you know once again just have to check and you know we might we might just get a, a, a we might just get a message from the author letting us know yeah, it's possible <laughs> it is possible uh what are our other our other kind of call out reference i would say is um we get the sort of elevator from angel heart would be yes would be my um take on what is being referenced just because of the scene um uh, that's kind of, i mean it's it's a, this is a super it's a short it's very straightforward um yeah. yet or i guess um <laughs> never, nevertheless it is one of the more horrifying short installments that i <laughs> i was definitely troubled by the the spookies in this one yes um, um i honestly we should have we should have um um, mentioned this before we started talking but yes there is a uh, uh, warning there is is unfortunately elder abuse uh in this issue and unpleasantness performed on 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 old people so if that is a deal breaker for you then i would definitely suggest skipping this issue yeah and it's short enough that um it makes references to previous events but it's kind of self-contained yes like it's important but it's just underlining what melvina is kind of doing yeah that we already know so it's not it's it's just a reiteration yes or more a specification of, of what she's doing yes um so uh the I, I i mentioned earlier um olive has that has her one specific fear um of her grandmother forgetting her uh the the elderly in in this care facility are um under the care of a of a doctor one main doctor and then a few, i think a few nurses um and they are they're there because or they've been selected to be put here i don't it's a weird um uh situation i guess mm-hmm. because it's 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 you think it would be random who's being sent here but it feels like they picked people um yes to be sent there because they are elderly folks that won't be missed um, or have been forgotten um, sort of in an effort to find uh, specific fears that they have. Right. Because what, what Malvina is doing is she's getting, um, and she's been doing the entire time, is getting uh, uh, inoculations against specific fears. Right. And eventually she's in, she's inoculated herself against pretty much everything save one specific fear, um, which it calls out in, toward the end of the, the thing. Um, the two kids meet their grandmother, as we said, and she uh, she remembers Tyler, doesn't remember Olive. This yes. upsets Olive greatly, and she said, she tells her brother, come on, we're just going to go. Because they're they're just she's not comfortable being there. Um, she thinks it's a mistake that they went there anyway to go visit her grandmother. Um, 
and they, they end up getting separated because he had briefly lent um, his uh, Rupin doll to his grandmother to kind of show her. Um, and well, I guess specifically the grandmother in looking at the Rupin doll um, is sort of given a flashback. Yes. Uh, and I was reading that as that's Melvina before she jumped off the cliff. Yes. Yes. Okay. That is, that is pre pre cliff Melvina. Yes. So it, it, I don't understand the context of who the grandmother is. If she's remembering that scene, I don't get the why of it. So here was my interpretation with this because uh, uh, a few issues ago, it's kind of been established that there's a, um, there's a, an audio cue for Melvina's presence. Uh, uh, the, can you hear the sound, the sound of the cliff that plays uh, over through gramophones. It plays through basically anything that can produce audio. And I think the implication is, is, is that it is just a signal for Melvina's arrival? I'm I I wasn't able to ascertain whether this uh, this the, their grandmother was one of the students from Melvina's school, or if it's just or if the the appearance of her on the cliff is just an indication that she has arrived at a specific location. Um, but that was that was my interpretation because yeah. the grandmother that's when the grandmother demands that Olive and Tyler leave is when when the uh cliff audio yeah. cue uh well it whatever it is is it it brings her to some lucidity because yes. she's kind of like a, a, a doddering old grandmother at this point but right. it um it has to be like a, it's kind of like a flashback and she feels specific danger because she understands kind of what's going on to her, but not in a way that she can articulate. Um, she's not, her faculties have degraded um, past that point, but she's in, it's, she's able enough to recognize that there's danger in this place and then wants her grandchildren out of their um, child. Were she to remember that Olive is also her grandchild? Yes, yes, because she actually specifically says, "Listen, girl, I don't care if you want to stay, but he's in danger." Yeah, um, and that of course leads to um, them both trying to leave. Um, it turns out that they're sort of trapped in the house anyway because the the, the faculty of the this place is not intent on letting them leave. Yes, nurse um, nurse Ratchet appears. Uh, she is the most obviously evil nurse. Uh, from panel one that she appears on. Um, she just looks grumpy. Yep. <laughs> but then she has a syringe of wolf sedative. So. Um, but the, the kids try to flee. Um, Olive makes it out. And then uh, her brother is um, chased, unbeknownst to his sister, by. Uh, uh, spookiest. A, 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 a Junji Ito grandpa. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is, is the best uh, descriptor for, for um, the entity that chases. And it's really, I, I actually think that this portrayal is really interesting because um, there are, uh, because the, the, 
elderly in 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 this home other than their grandmother have all clearly been experimented on uh, in some horrible fashion but their their uh desire for uh Tyler's presence doesn't seem inherently sinister and nefarious it feels more like actual um the actual elderly in a retirement home who haven't seen their grandchildren in a while and and have been alone and are looking for company they just unfortunately look like monsters yes but they're still threatening i think beyond that yeah because they're not i mean they're <laughs> most if not some of them are a threat yes they're not they're not a peaceful existence they've been rendered dangerous yes um, which is in of itself like the it's playing on sort of meta fears as well mm-hmm. because it's dealing with what the kids are experiencing and you're getting a um a sort of double fear like it's it's taking what kids could feel in going to like an old folks home. Right. Um, and the idea of senility and infirmity and all those kind of fears, but they've been made, they've been realized. Yes. I guess they've been made into actual, you know, an actual threat versus just a, um, existential one. Right. Um, and they're, yes, they're they're lovingly and horrifically rendered. Um, the everyone's proportions are a little off. Their yep. mouths are a little bit too big. Yep, there's good, big denture, uh, uh, denture granny, which is uh, pretty yeah. pretty awesome. Um, and it's not even like the teeth; it's like the gums. The gums yeah. are too big. Yep, or it's all uh, gums. All yeah, gums, little teeth. Little teeth. Uh, uh, and then the 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 the, the grandfather is i think aside from one other character probably the worst off i guess he's well he's naked yeah and he's some organs or bed sores or something spilling out in his um i thought his legs were backwards but i think he's just his head's turned around the wrong way yep and he's it's doing the bent over spook you spider crawl kind of thing but just still standing yeah it's it's very evocative it's <laughs> Uh, horrendous imagery um yeah. well done uh and so the, the this begins the merry chase and the, the game of hide and seek um that uh tyler engages in and he is he is alas betrayed by his own rupin yes who, uh, begins its merry song while he's trying to hide in the closet um meanwhile all has <laughs> has escaped um managed to escape of the nurse um realized that she she can't be a complete (laughs) she like left left her brother inside uh can't be a complete monster and leave her brother behind uh so she uh breaks back in and immediately grabs a butcher knife because she knows what kind of story she's in so yeah it's a very good frame actually that her image of her holding the knife it's yeah um, she's not um She's not cowering. She's like, I'm gonna go save my brother. Yeah, it's a it's a really really good. It's a good. She's a, she's a strong uh, 
strongly done character with uh, the obvious like uh, fear trait that she's yes. she's developed. Um, we get the, the nurse <laughs> admonishing herself and Nelvina just being kind of, mm, yes, well, well, still need to do. I really like that there's just like a villain scene, like a villain yeah. table scene in here. <laughs> And all you, all you get is a little, it's that um, peek into the door and you just see like part of, you just see like Melvina's curl. Yep. <laughs> it's not a, it's a, just a, a little giveaway without actually, the framing is very good. Um, yes. But yeah, it's the, it's this, it's the, um, it's kind of the same feeling you get with uh, our smiley camp um, yeah. counselor with with this nurse and she's just like debasing herself she's like i just i've failed and i'm sorry that everything's ruined and Melvina's just like no we just need to we got stuff to do come on get, yeah get just find a go, like just, just go do the thing <laughs> just go just find a, yeah. just go get them um it is very much a what am i paying you for moment actually yeah it's very good it's very um it's evocative villainry yes uh and of course, this is at this point the the young Melvina. She's yes, youthified. <laughs> well, well, it is eighty. This is eighty six. Yeah. So this is earlier um, than our, our present story with our uh, competitive um, therapist. Um, <laughs> our up opposing. Our, our yes, our our, our 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 good <laughs> therapist Beatrice. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, not not much to say. They do the chase. Um, Tyler, he sort of he kind of gets caught, um, but gets away, and then he finds the the of course the most. No, is it Tyler? Yeah, I think no, it's, Tyler. It, it's uh, no, Olive it's, it's finds, um, Olive. Olive yeah. finds the most disturbing of the patients. Um who gives us a little bit of exposition uh, yep. and we get more of the um, fishbowl. Uh, it's not even an analogy, really. Um, it is explicit at this it's, point. Yes, it's, it's very explicit. Um, uh, and he, I can't place what he reminds me of. It's something specific, but I, I don't know. I, I, neither can I, um, uh, uh, but uh, I do love that his introduction uh, is is uh, due to the format of of, of webtoons uh, by scrolling down. Uh, there is a really fantastic Junji Ito s page turn jump scare where he's introduced talking to himself and painting a wall facing away from uh, the viewer's perspective. Cut to. Uh, close up of hand, scroll down, and he has just immediately <laughs> flipped around with the most horrific. <laughs> I I just refer to him as Mister Grin. Um, yeah, because it he's 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 in a bad way, and he he mentions painting faces, and I actually really like that the way that his face is illustrated makes it look like he has in like his face has been painted on um it's it's very distinct from how any other character in this issue or um 
non-monstrous characters are portrayed in in the series. It's it's a really good effective look. But yeah, he's bad. He's got a big lumpy head with uh cranial scars. Yeah. He um he reminds me of one of the characters from Nightbreed, actually. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's the guy with the sort of moon head. Yep. Yeah. I can um, see that. And he's got again the the no eyelid eyes and <laughs> yep. the potentially too many too long teeth in his mouth. Yep. Um Yeah. It's like a kind of like a sweet potato head. <laughs> yes, there we go. Is he he ha- he does in fact have a tuber tuber head. And a little paintbrush because he's gonna paint a new face on. Yeah. Um, and so Olive flees rightly. Um and <laughs> she, so the door that, that all the doors to the um patient's rooms have been locked. Yes um, by the staff. Uh his door Everyone else had the key locks. His had the it's sort of the inverse of it. If you put your locks on your door on the other side, has like a deadbolt, um, the old the, the hotel kind, and then yes. the little um, chain lock. And then, of course, Olive, she's <laughs> fleeing, and she remembered to lock one of them, but she only locks the chain lock, which is yeah. not a... Why is that even... <laughs> they didn't need to include that lock on there. It's kind of weird. That's not a, a safety lock. <laughs> um, or not much of one anyway. Also, I but, don't know so, about yeah. you. Oh, I don't know about you, but a um, a, a a monster, uh, a threatening monster that is holding just a paintbrush is significantly more frightening than if it were holding a knife, in my opinion. Yeah. Um. So we get this, the discovery of Tyler by the nurse because his. The, the Rupin went off in the closet that he's hiding in yeah. uh, is thankfully interrupted because at the same time Olive is fleeing and then hears her brother screaming for help um, and she stabs the nurse in the back with her the knife she's been carrying yep uh, and, and then they run into Mr. Potato Head one more time um, who uh, Basically, he ends up saving them because he's just a violent man and uh, stops the nurse. That's even the the stabbing wasn't enough. Um, she's still after them, and uh, he paints her a new face. Yep, nothing is shown. Left the horrors of that 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 interaction is left completely and utterly to the it's, viewer's imagination. Yeah, it's off. It's off camera, but we get this really, really good silhouette um, yep. of him screaming, "Let me paint your new face!" Uh, with his spooky teeth. Yep, his, his too too many teeth. Spittles flying out, and she's probably not going to make it. Um, and then they go down the elevator. The elevator that is the the elevator that um, uh, it's. Is taken in uh, Angel Heart by yes. um, H- Harry. I think it's Harry. <laughs> yep. Um, so he, in the movie, he's going down into hell, mm-hmm. is what's implied. Um, in this, there, well, it's <laughs> <laughs> equal, I guess. Yeah. They're going into the bowels of the establishment and the nefarious 
doctor's lab. Um, there's but a it's really very fan- it's yeah, go ahead. Uh there's a, it's a really fantastic. It also feels very much like a uh like Silent Hill. Um yeah. But yeah, there's a really fantastic shot of them traveling down a floor and Melvina is just standing at the gate watching them descend. Fantastically effective. She doesn't say anything. She just observes. Yeah, it's it's really good because it um it the panel shows them passing because the elevator is just descending and it, it passes her. She's just giving this aloof look, and then the next panel is the kids looking up at her as she passes by them, and then yes. switching to her just staring down. It's super good. Yep. Um, and then of course it, it turns into the. Uh, Silent Hill, Session 9, <laughs> Jacob's Ladder, all kind of combined, like, very good um, horror of the uh, illuminated elevator shining out into, like, a dark corridor with um, wheelchairs and gurneys uh, being in, in in shadow. Yep. And them just kind of hesitantly walking along and um, finding Silent Hill bodies. Yep wrapped up you've got your tarp bodies <laughs> the, the best part uh, tyler's like what what was that when they see a room full of those bodies and of course the sister she's like don't stop there's nothing there just yeah we gotta go we gotta get out of here yeah um, but what they find is their their dear old grandma and then the spooky doctor yep <laughs> um, and the the long winded explanation of um, why they're doing what they're doing, um, and what he's been kind of like. They've been picking grandparents that are just people, older people in general that have been forgotten by their families, um, mm-hmm. and they chosen Olive and Tyler's grandmother um, because. Of Olive and Tyler. Yes. So while the grandmother has forgotten her family, some of her family still remembers her. And that that's they're using that to find a new, get a new kind of fear. I guess mm. the fear of, of losing their family. Like not being forgotten, but forgetting, I guess, is yes. what they're uh, going for. And... Uh, it's it segues into um, Melvina. She's she's getting all these inoculations against different fears, and one that she's specifically trying to. It's really weird. Um, is she's trying to get the fear or the inoculation against the fear of of death, yes, or of dying from the grandma. Which is like that should be a common fear. So I don't. It's very difficult to parse at this point, but um, Melvina is showing her questioning the grandmother at, a, at another point in time, um, and she's asking if she fears death, but she finds out no, she's fearing her. Or the grandmother's fears her um, forgetting her grandchildren, um, and because of that, uh, Melvina is instead. Instead of trying to get the the death inoculation, she's getting fear of loss. I guess inoculation. I, I, that's, or trying to. 
that's because, that's actually because she's oh. telling her grandmother, like, I've already experimented on you, but are you afraid? What happens if I experiment on your on your grandchildren instead? Like, what does that right? You know, what does that rile you up? Right. I I actually had a a slightly different interpretation, which was. It felt like Melvina thought that that uh, Tyler and Olive's grandmother was the perfect candidate because she isn't afraid of death, but her the infusion um, would still be imperfect because she's afraid of something. Um, and I think I think her ultimate goal was to eliminate her grandchildren in the hope that she would forget about them and. Uh, lose all fear and be the perfect uh, 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 source of her inoculation against all fears. It's kind of like, I don't know if it, it feels like it doesn't work that way because if you're, if it's an inoculation, you have to have, you're injecting in the specific fear of something in order to proof yourself against it. That's true. So she's she's using all of these different all of her subjects in 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 total have been afraid of different she's searching using her profession to search out like every fear possible like or incite what you know if if there's a specific one that she wants she tries to incite that in people or look for candidates that have that specific fear in order to get it from them and proof herself against it yeah so in this one, she's specifically getting the fear of losing your grandchildren. Yes. Or family members or, or what have you. Um, and it's it's super weird because to incite, incite those specific fears, it's not only the threat of doing something, but they like implant a picture of her grandchildren into her brain. I thought. <laughs> or, is she, or are they getting it out? I can't tell. I think I think that's actually what it is. I think that it's 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 actually them them pulling out the picture of 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 her grandchildren. Uh, but it is very unclear. Um, it's very super weird um, and also really a really evocative image. But yeah, it see uh, that's that was my interpretation was that they were. They they had discovered because right before the the shot of the 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 picture in, in her brain, um, the the doctor says it's useless. Everyone seems to be afraid of something, and her fear seems to be the loss of her grandchildren. Okay, so with his with his comment, I, I like I think I glossed over that the first time. Because of the way it's framed, he's not saying it's useless to the grandmother. He's saying it's useless to Melvina. Like yes. this is a failure. Yes. He's like this. Our that this operate this thing we're doing. It's it's useless. Like, right. We can't get what you want because everyone's afraid of something. So yeah, I can see how she she's probing people. Getting their fear, their if their fears, inoculating herself from it. But her goal, I guess, would be to find the person who is not afraid of anything. Exactly. Get get their 
serum and complete like the set. Yes. Because everyone, you know, she, she, I'm sure uh, beyond a doubt that she can find people afraid of death to inoculate herself, but that's not working. Right. Like that, that would be the common fear. And that's, that's said, you know, specifically by her child self. Oh yeah, we'll get to that. Yes, the the, the remainder of Melvina. Yes, as she was. Um, I mean, pretty much that's the next scene. Yeah, goes directly into that. Yes, where 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 little little Babby pre Cliff Melvina, (laughs) uh, uh, as as a butterfly pinned to the wall is screaming at older uh, post-Cliff Melvina telling her that uh, although you vaccinate against most of them, there is one fear you will never get rid of, your fear of death. Um, And the implication seems to be that if, if Melvina is no longer afraid of dying, then she won't die. Because and, it's and she'll surpass her humanity is what right. what is a portion of the goal and also why they mentioned the fishbowl yeah. and why and why we did the fishbowl episode several times back um, with the astronauts. Yes, um, and it's actually um, it's actually worth mentioning here um, because. Uh, the uh, Mr. Grin uh, does actually say some uh, something. Uh, yeah, there we go. Uh, at one point, he says she came to free us, but to enter the fishbowl, she had to become a fish, implying that that post Cliff Melvina is is a combination of Melvina and some sort of other entity that became mortal. Yes, in order to pass on whatever it what to finish whatever it's doing, it right. had to take it had to take a, a host body, right? Because otherwise, it either couldn't exist or can't uh, express itself potentially. Right. So, um, and what's left of Melvina is still, you know, metaphorically pinned to a wall. Yep. As a you know, fluttering around that that um, the metamorphosis was partial. Yes, and um, it, she's she's re- she's tried to reject the humanity that came with the vessel of this body, mm-hmm. and she's continually just trying to to. Well, it's it's a literal saying she's throwing her keeps continually throwing her off the cliff. So yeah, <laughs> um, because everything is formed of these loops. Um, her past self is just repeating that trauma in order to like be diminished, right? But it's not enough. Like it's still she, the old, the actual Melvina is still there, clinging but trapped. Mm-hmm. Which is awful um, and hor- yes. horrific. <laughs> and, and yeah, and the thing is, she's you. She's been doing this for so long, and you say that oh, she's screaming at her. She's not. She's actually like angrily talk like literally talking down to her captor yeah because yes because she's been yeah you're right because she's been doing this for so long and still haven't hasn't succeeded 
she's basically saying you're you're just going to fail and everything that you've you've worked to accomplish will ultimately come to nothing yeah and because you can't get rid of your mortality um you you can't i don't know if she's trying to go back or just trying to get rid of the it's a weird um the lens of the lens so the the, the fishbowl i don't know how to extend the fishbowl metaphor but she's basically trying to shatter the fishbowl and free everything yes regardless of i think the consequences of what that would actually do um but she can't do that because she's trapped in this mortal body by accident or design she's stuck in this body Mm mm-hmm and without being able to surpass that limit, she can't go further and break the bonds of reality as we know it. Right. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That's that's what I'm getting <laughs> out of this. So it's not like none of this is. Um, it's straightforward, but still because it's using analogies, um, a little tougher to parse. Like just at you know as we're going, you know it becomes clearer with each um, iteration, but it's still vague. Yes, because it's being spoken of in analogies and not like a strict like you're trying to do that. Like a, yes, but you keep using a metaphor to talk about something because I guess you can't physically describe what you're trying to do, right? Because it's like it's a concept and not an actual. There's not an actual fishbowl, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, it's yeah, it's the concept of of the pers- of human of pers- of human perceived reality, which yeah. is yeah, because uh, it's a construct anyway. You know, we're 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 dealing in not like absolutes, right? Surprise! Hey, surprise! Surprise! It's kind of like Bloodborne. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they're just trying to escape the dream. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, I, mean, I think that yeah, that's. That's antique. Um, the 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 lead up, the 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 last push to the resolution of of this uh, of of this story, which I I thoroughly enjoy. I'm actually so Dave, you've you've mentioned a couple of times that you haven't read ahead and that you uh, take it issue by issue. So I am I am very very excited to hear your thoughts about the the upcoming <laughs> revelations and resolution to uh this webcomic um yeah. how, I, th- how I think you- there's only i think there's only one more thing oh really just one more issue i think so oh that's right because i keep forgetting when i was reading it um it's release page like yeah my page so but yeah it's one last last collection so i guess we will finish this next time yes yes we will kind of makes me a little bit sad it yes but don't worry uh because uh because our our fan of the show and creator of the series i don't think it's i don't think it's uh um it's 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 uh, it's um thoughts it is uh too forward of me to call uh 
uh, a Rassin, uh, a fan of of the show, um, uh, will probably tell us what we got wrong or what we misinterpreted in private DMs. I'm just joking. He's always great when uh, he contacts us, and uh, I'm glad yes, that yes, you very friendly the show. Yes. Um, so yes, we are at the tail end of of Melvina's therapy, and we'll wrap it up with the next issue. And uh, Arasen is uh, currently working on a brand new uh, comic series. Yes, a new seems- series which should should be coming out soon, I think. Yes, which I am greatly looking forward to. Yes, and we'll keep you posted. Because we'll probably just try to cover that one too. We'll see how we'll see how it goes and what the yeah. Well, is. even you know what it might even it might not even be uh, monster related. It might be something completely different, which is totally cool as well. We'll find out. Um, yeah, I think I, I was just I'll take back over. Um, that wraps us up for this this episode. I don't have anything else on this one. This was very short. Nope. I'm I think we've covered everything. Yep. Um Okay, Leonard, where can folks find you on the interwebs? You can find me on Twitter at Dr. Faust is dead. You can also find me on YouTube by searching Dr. Faust is dead. Dave, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at sentinot underscore plus. Uh pretty much it our other errant co-host uh, is also on twitter you can find cameron at night underscore twitten and that's night without a k um and he'll be back next episode when we return i don't know what we're doing we're doing something next episode yes <laughs> we'll all three be back probably if if um, you if you wonder about uh why cameron is absent it's because he is uh for for uh uh, episodes it's because he lives in australia and it is a constant struggle for survival um he only manages to appear on episodes when his safe house is completely secure but that's not even true. <laughs> Mostly secure. Um, now he's he's generally on these off weeks is recording for his other podcast, um, Roman Ruin. Uh, yes. And if you like Warhammer and um, all things plastic and emperor um <laughs> take a listen. It's good stuff. Uh, and that also features our former co-host, Matt. So that's the, yes. the two of them discussing Warhammer. Um, yeah, I think that that is that is finally it. Uh, we yep. will, like I said, we will return next week with uh, you know. I think it's probably going to be um, Dark Crystal. So oh yeah, we'll, that's right. Well, it is. It will be October, so we'll see uh, how that goes. Yes, um, and I just actually finished off uh, finished up my first watch of the series. So excellent. Yeah. I have to refresh. I have to, I have to put that in the queue. Um, Uh, We will talk to y'all later. Thanks for listening. Bye.